So we continue our Lent sermon series looking at the Lord's Prayer. And this morning we're talking about uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, lots of different ways, different translations of saying that. Some we're used to the trespasses. Uh, our Bible says debts. Our NRSV Bible says debts and debtors. Uh, other translations are sins, all sorts of different ways of saying that. But for the premise today, I just want to talk about this concept of forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Forgiveness. It's a concept that all of us, I'm guessing, in this room, we're like, yeah, we, we like that word, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a great concept. We're all for it as Christians. We believe in it. But in reality, let's be honest, it's way easier to receive it than to give it. It's way easier for us to know that we are forgiven than for us to pass on that forgiveness. See, there's something that's great about forgiveness as a concept, really tough about forgiveness in reality. I think of People I've talked to have sat in my office and said, my wife's not coming back. Or you think about the coworker that you have that just somehow always need, it has this wonderful ability to point out what you've done wrong to the right people. Or the family members that you get together with that have different political leanings than you do, and you get into these ugly arguments and you leave angry or in tears. See, forgiveness, when it's real, it's a lot harder than the concept. I'll tell you what what I hold on to in terms of resentment, when I think back of where it's been hard for me to come to a place of forgiveness, it's when I think of people who left whatever church I was a part of because of something I said or didn't say or didn't do, and so they, they got upset with me, and, and as a way of taking it out, they left, and, 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 and that just sits inside of me, and I, I, I stew about it, and that, honestly, I take it personally. And I think of one story in particular at a church that I started in Dublin before I came to peace in a couple different ways. But uh, this church in Dublin, uh, there were these two women that were very active in our church and never liked anything I did or didn't do. And they made it very well known that they were upset. And finally, they ended up leaving the church. Now, one day, I've shared this story before, but it lives in my memories as a story of forgiveness. One day, I took, or I went to First Watch to have breakfast, and I happened to bring with me, I was part of the Big Brother program, so I brought my little brother with me, and we're sitting there having a nice breakfast, when across the restaurant, I noticed those two women sitting there. So I thought to myself, this is a perfect opportunity to show how good and holy I am. So I took my little brother over and I said hi and I introduced them to him. And, you know, my way of saying, look at how good I am. See, 
I'm a good guy. And uh, they talked. We made small talk for a while. He and I went back to our table. We finished our breakfast, had a nice time. I asked our server for the check, and she said, your tab has been paid. To which I went, they got me. And it made me angry for a while until I did the work in my head and I said, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for all of us simply to move on. Just move on. See, forgiveness, it's not some magic spell that all of a sudden we snap our fingers and it's gone. The resentment, the bitterness. Forgiveness, when it's real, takes work and it's a process. I heard someone describe it as a dirty window. You think about our windows when we clean them. I think of like my office window right now. If I stand in the hallway, it looks pretty clean. When I get up close to it, I see the smears and the the dust on the outside and flies in the windowsill and dirt that's gathered in there that needs a little ammonia taken to it. it. If we want to clean something right, it means we have to get up close and spend some time with it, not just keep it at a distance. It takes work. But sometimes we're more comfortable sitting in the dark space than doing the work. Desmond Tutu describes when we don't forgive, when we house resentment and bitterness within us, it's like we're sitting in a dark, dank room and we don't realize that the blinds and the curtains are closed. And it's not until we take the action to open those curtains and blinds and even crack the window and let in some fresh air that we begin to experience the freedom that we can do by allowing ourselves to work at it. This doesn't mean, and I think this is important to say, this doesn't mean that forgiveness is the same as accepting toxic behavior. If someone's hurting you, physically or mentally, forgiveness might be walking away. In fact, I highly recommend it. Forgiveness might be, I'm not going to allow this toxic behavior anymore. In the book of Proverbs, it says this, like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who reverts to its folly. Put that as your life verse. (laughs) Don't go back to what's destructive and toxic. Forgiveness means maybe letting it go and moving away from it. Let me say it like this in in, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Jesus says, forgive us as, put this up, as. We have forgiven those who've sinned against us. See, this is like the middle of a teeter-totter. It Forgiveness, help us to forgive as we've been forgiven. God has forgiven us, and so there's this flow of grace that comes. We've been forgiven, and then what we don't want to have happen is hold on to resentment and 
bitterness because that stops the flow of grace. This is not what this prayer is not saying. You haven't forgiven others, so I, God, will not forgive you. That's not what this prayer is. It's all about a flow of grace that's happening. And we don't want to be the people who stop that flow from being carried on. You see, what forgiveness really is, it's freedom. That might be the best word to describe forgiveness. It's a sense of freedom. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I've come to give you life, and not just life, life abundantly, abundant life. And so what Jesus is teaching, and we should pay attention to this, two-thirds of Jesus' teaching have to do with the concept of forgiveness. Two-thirds. I think Jesus thought it was important that we have this flow of grace that we've been given and that we get to continue Think of the story when Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, how many times should we forgive? And I almost picture Peter in this scene kind of a little bit cocky looking at the disciples like, I've got a stumper for you. Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Seven? And Jesus goes, Jesus goes, no, hmm. 70 times seven. Which is a way of saying endlessly. This this is a flow that is never supposed to stop. Seventy times seven. And then Jesus launches into a parable. And the parable, we, we miss this when we read it. But the parable is purposefully ridiculous. Jesus is telling a far-fetched story, and he says there was a slave who owed his master, and the equivalent today in our terms of money would be like $2 billion. The slave owed his master like $2 billion, and the master was about to cast him in jail, but instead the slave pleaded and begged and said, please give me a chance. And so the master cancels all of the debts, wiped out, gone. Now this slave, here's what's really ridiculous. This slave then, who's now been set free, goes to one of his slaves who owes him $1,000 and says, I need you to pay up. And the slave says, I don't have it. I, I can't. And so this guy then casts that slave into prison. So Jesus says that the other slaves then got word of this, went back to the original master, and that master's like, how dare you? You've been given this freedom, and you're not passing it on. You've stopped the flow of grace. I mean, in in just two weeks, we're going to hear the words that Jesus said as he was nailed on the cross by us. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's the gold standard of forgiveness. So after he rose from the dead, of course, we celebrate on Easter, he goes and he seeks out Peter. Continuing, I mean, 
This guy never stopped the flow of grace, ever. And he seeks out Peter, and he goes up to him, and he says, Peter, Peter, who's denied him three times, mind you, goes up to him and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, yeah. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Peter, one more time. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Why do you keep asking me that? And then maybe it hit Peter in the head like a ton of bricks. He's just asked me three times. I denied him three times. It's called absolution. It's gone. You're forgiven. Some of you know one of my good friends who normally is at the early service. He and I bike together. His name's Dave Ritter. And every time we're riding, he challenges me, make sure you put in that confession. Put in the confession. I need the confession. He's, it, it's very important to him to hear that his sins are forgiven. And so we always have discussion about it, and it's a good, good conversation. And it, it reminds me that sometimes we get in our head the wrong concept of what confession is. We think of it like a wash, rinse, repeat like, I come on Sunday, my sins are forgiven, and then an hour later, I'm like, crap, it's six more days till, till Sunday when I get forgiven again. I've already blown it. That's not what confession is. It's not like you come and you leave clean. What confession is, is a reminder of what's always been true. You have been freed. Take the weight off and live like it. You've been set free. God's not angry with you or me. So I'll close with this. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. Therefore, as a called and ordained minister in the church of Christ and by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.